so go ahead and get started. <sighs> thank you, Father. We thank you. We just thank you from the bottom of our hearts, Father, that you are our God and you are in control. And um, I just ask, Father, that you be with me now as you have been this week and continue through and have me say those words, Father, that you would have me say. And um, I just so appreciate, for some reason, Katie's song, Dwell in Your your House, just resonates in my soul all the time. And we will stand no matter what comes against us, Father. We're going to stand for you. So we thank you and we praise you. And it is in your son's name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat> okay. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms and also those women who are surrogate moms who provide nurturing and parental care. That would be you, Annette. <laughs> and Robin. And Robin. Yeah, Rob, and Robin if she's on. So, um, Okay, so I'm going to keep going. So um, God has been speaking to me about a greater importance in my ability to interpret and also about my mind. And um, it wasn't necessarily just interpreting tongues or dreams or visions, but an overall and increased breakthrough in how he is going to utilize this expansion for what is needed in in the near future. And it's going to benefit those in his kingdom where he wants those people brought to him. So during uh, this past week, as I prepared, I um, feel like he really wants an opening up within us, within our spirits. And the things that he is going to accomplish and do is going to require so much more. I mean, we know that. It's going to require so much more. But in order for us to follow through with his assignments, we just have to keep pressing and get that, get that deeper understanding of what he wants, what we need to do, how we need to grow, everything, and all aspects of everything. So how cool, but also how daunting, is it that because of our desire to continue on this path of righteousness, the opportunities continue to be more challenging and require more of us, or I should probably say less of us and more of him. (laughs) We must be prepared for a greater knowledge, greater responsibilities, and greater understanding. We know that this is all part of the line upon line, the here a little, there a little, precept upon precept process. Have you ever felt like your mind can't hold or retain any more of what he's been revealing and requiring? That your brain is on spiritual overload? Between keeping up with teachings and studies, sometimes I just want to take a thinking break. (laughs) Slow down for a bit because my mind just can't absorb anymore. Sure, age has something to do with that as well. I believe that it is Robin that talks about God downloading information into her brain and that when she needs it, God will bring it to her recollection. As I have been getting older, I definitely need God's empowerment and commission to remember, retain, and recall. I'm going to speak over... I am going to speak over all of us that... (laughs) No matter how old we get, 
no matter how much God wants to download into us, he will supply great provision to our minds. I know that he is in control and will supply everything we need, no matter how challenging or how much he has. He will continue. He's not going to change and say, okay, you guys keep going, but I'm not going to be there anymore for you. <laughs> That's not how he works. But balancing our humanness and our insecurities is crucial. Our spirit man will prevail, and we have to lay claim to that. We cannot and will not be thrown off course of this narrow path that we are on by a gust of wind or even ongoing hurricane and constant, a hurricane, or even a hurricane that is constantly surrounding us and swirling around us. We've felt a lot about that lately. Not the hurricane, but... <laughs> um, we know that we will have to battle to keep our mind, will, and emotions in alignment by continuing to reign in our flesh, ensuring that our spirit man is what is functioning and not our soulish nature. Drawing closer to the Lord and dying to ourself is a lifelong process. You probably heard the saying, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Well, while I was working on, that te on this teaching, that phrase popped into my mind, so of course I had to go Google it because I didn't know where it came from. <laughs> Maybe you do, but you're going to find out again, even if you do. <laughs> so this well-known slogan was dreamt up by an advertising agency, Young and Rubicam, 50 years ago. Forrest Long, an executive, executive from this company, came up with this catchphrase and explained that this slogan represented a plea to everybody to reject the prejudices of the past and consider the inner person. Which is a really good thought that this campaign had been enormously successful for more than four decades and is still being used today. The slogan has been used to promote and solicit scholarship contributions for the United Negro College Fund since 1972. These funds are distributed to 37 private, mostly black colleges and universities. The downside of that kind of longevity is that people begin to feel your message is old and outdated. As outdated, some might argue, as the word Negro being used in their corporation name. Rejecting prejudices of the past and seeing the inner person needs to be applied to every one of every race, every color, every creed. Can you imagine what our world would be like today if people were not, were not treated or thought of differently because of their ancestral or cultural characteristics, treated or thought of differently based on their skin color, which occurs between persons of different and of the same race, or treated or thought of differently based on perception of those beliefs by others. <clears throat> I was just kind of thinking about all this, and, and that, that, those are so many things that block a person from even having that desire to know God, but let alone to even hear him. So, uh, he had, God had also had me thinking about the aspects of our human minds, not just the forgetfulness part. The messages of God, no matter the longevity, and his word has been around a long time. His word never feels old or outdated. 
His words and mysteries are always evolving and unfolding. The significance and interpretation of his word expands and teaches with every passing year, every passing day. <laughs> Some of our objectives as sons is to always hear from his right hand, interpret what he is telling us, and then go forth and do. Our human mind has to be involved, but our spirit man has to be in charge. So I began, when all this was, he was talking to me about all this, I went to the line upon line <laughs> book, and I looked up, well, I was looking up interpretation. Oops. This is not staying, sorry. But <clears throat> I found interpreter explainer. So I'm, this is what I'm going to say next is from the line upon line. I'm not going to read it exactly, but this is what interpreter explainer has in our line upon line book. So this word is diermatue, and it means to explain. This person should be mature in the Lord and in the things of the Spirit. This person will clarify the meaning of what God is saying and doing during divers' intercessory and encounters. This person is to supervise the flow of the reception of timely application of insight from God. It is someone serving the throne of God in the dimension of communication specialist. It is a student of the word of God. It is some with, someone with ongoing <coughs> commune with the Lord, and it is the prayerful commune itself which yields the interpretation. Interpretation will function as a response to the mysteries of God being prayed in the spirit. So that's pretty much how I started. I, and as, well, that's how I started and thinking about interpretation and also our minds. <clears throat> so this word, dierme nuo, means to explain thoroughly, to translate, and comes from the words dia and hermentuo, hermenuo. Dia is a preposition indicating the path of an act. Hermenio is believed to come from Hermes, who is a Greek, who in Greek mythology was a messenger and the one who announces important news. He was considered the god of language. <coughs> so we're going to begin with Luke 24. And behold, oh, and these are like verses that we've just been reading recently. <laughs> Behold, two of them went that day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three, three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, that their eyes were holden, that, <clears throat> that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which have come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, 
which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since the things were done. Yea, the certain woman also of, a comp- of our company made us astonished, which were early in the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them, which were with, his, with us, went to the sepulchre and found it, even so as the women, woman had said. But him saw, they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ have suffered these things and enter into his glory? And the beginning, and the beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures and things concerning himself. So these scriptures, of course, are right after the resurrection. And these two men were on the road to Emmaus, and they were, they were so sad and beside themselves, thinking only with their human minds. They were only believing part and not all that, had, that they knew from the prophets. Because of this, they didn't recognize Jesus when he came up to them and began walking and talking with them. In verse 16, it says that their eyes were holden. And that word is kriteo, and it means to utilize kratos, to use strength, to take hold or seize. And we know that kratos is one of the power words, and it is translated as dominion and power, and it demonstrates the will and purpose of God in a place or situation. And it is when there is a function on behalf of the throne of God. Now we know that Satan also uses those things of God to accomplish what he wants. So this scripture um, then uses the word epigenesco twice, and it says they should, and that word should is epigenesco, know him. The men should have had the knowledge that they should have already been acquainted with Jesus, but they had been spiritually blinded for whatever reason, whether it was the enemy using Kratos against them or their own unbelief. The outcome was the same. They were not functioning on behalf of the will of God. Their minds were blocked to the truth, and they were, even though they were walking right beside Jesus. Their perception was no longer being influenced by wisdom, truth, and faith. Jesus was not physically invisible to them, but they saw him as a stranger. And the word saw, aido, in verse 24, means to perceive with eyes. We have to carefully follow each step that we are to take, knowing that God tells us, but also aligning, knowing what God tells us, but also aligning everything with scripture. We can't discount, discount any of the truth that God has already shared with us. The men only remembered part of the facts, and they were only seeing in the natural. Our hope cannot be based on what is seen in the natural world. We must know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God can and will move with provision and equipment, equipping in our lives, and we must always be willing to take hold 
with credo power of everything new that he is showing us because everything we do has to be for his dominion, for his world. <clears throat> Verses 20, 25 and 26, Jesus says, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Nothing like a good, loving correction and scolding from Jesus to get you started on the right track, right? <laughs> Verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures and all things concerning himself. Jesus is the ultimate interpreter and explainer. He, he goes on to give these men an exclusive teaching on his mission and ministry, who he is as a person, his life works, his death and resurrection, and God's plan of salvation for his kingdom. These men at this point were ready to receive those things that he was talking about, and they graciously complied and wanted him to stay with them. So during, during the walk, all of this was going on, in their walk to Emmaus, um, Jesus thoroughly explained the Old Testament books of Moses and all the prophets, but their eyes still weren't open yet as to who Jesus was. It was when Jesus broke bread and they, is when they recognized him. It says, scripture says they epigenescoed him. Now I thought and prayed about all the reasons on why this would have occurred or why they didn't know. And I mean, it could have been the enemy, but it could have been just a... Um, a better expansion, a better understanding? And then why did it take the breaking of bread? <laughs> why did it take the breaking of bread for them to actually realize, see him as Jesus? Anyway, I didn't have answers to all my questions, <laughs> but <laughs> God had me focused on <laughs> interpreting and, <laughs> and understanding, so maybe I should know. Go ahead. I was just thinking, <clears throat> as I was looking at your scripture, it's interesting because when they talk about in verse 18, and they're saying, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast thou not known the things which are come to pass? You know, your word there is Genemai, there in these days. So they recognized that what had happened was what had been foretold from the beginning of time, that this is how God said things were going to happen. And yet they weren't understanding the fulfillment of that process. Right. That, like, that's why Jesus had to go back and teach them. Because he's like, this is what's been spoken all along. Did I not have to suffer in order to right. fulfill this prophecy, which had been said? But it's like, you know, they focused on that deliverance aspect. And even though they knew this was a message that was intended from the beginning, they weren't understanding the full concept. And so I was just thinking, you know, as the bread represents that new rhema word of the Lord, you right. know, and that breaking, you know, kind of like that breakthrough to then see and understand that new aspect of understanding that they needed to fully grasp that message that they'd been hearing right. for forever, for forever, but, they but already... didn't have the fullness of it. Yeah. Well, and it says um, he, he blessed the bread, too. Right, okay. And so that's that eulogio. So he's, he began to speak the good grace of the logos, 
And I, I think probably, you know, when you hear the, the grace of the logos, that's always extended forward. That's always reaching outward. And, and if you've got an open heart at all, that's, that resonates in your heart. Right. And I, I think that also came powerfully into play there to open up, you know, and then they could see in the breaking of what was really occurring there in the distribution and multi, you know, multiplying well, everything we know about that breaking. Right, right. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the next set of scriptures, the next book. First <laughs> Corinthians 14, 5 through 15. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you, except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except that they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet giveth an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue, tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is, what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. And he, he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, for as so much, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray, that he may, he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray that the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall be that occupieth the room of unlearned? Say, Amen at that giving of thanks, seeing, the under, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. So when the kids were growing up, Bob um, had a specific whistle that if they were outside playing, and we wanted him to come home. He would he would do that whistle, and they all knew that. First off, they had to acknowledge that they'd heard it, and then they needed to come running home. So it, it was very clear and concise, right? And this is talking about all of that at the beginning of the scriptures, on that clear and conciseness, so that you can understand, so that you aren't confused. I mean, what if? The trumpet, they wanted him to go to battle, but they played Reveille. I mean, it, it just makes perfect sense that there's not going to be confusion. God's not going to do that. He's not going to allow um, that type of thing to happen. Just as we train our children that this is what I expect, 
when I do this. <laughs> so, so, and so it, the interpreter, line upon line, says communication specialist, but I added chief to it. So the reason I added chief <laughs> is when my sister was in the hospital, that's what they deemed me because I was sending out all the emails that I was the chief communication specialist. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> right? <laughs> So the chief communication specialist is one who interprets and disseminates God's messages and mysteries that come from his throne. This process will never contradict the word. God will continue to build upon with daily fresh insight through divinely inspired rhema words. The job of the interpreter or explainer is to comprehend and pull together what God wants to bring to light in that moment through saintly measures. God seeks the person or persons who are willing to commit their life to his ways, someone devoted to continued commune <clears throat> through the Prasuke prayer and tongues and someone dedicated to studying his word. They must not only know of God, but truly know God. God has to be confident that this person will obey his commands and instructions and have, that he must have complete trust in this person who speaks for him. The focus of this person is not on their own agenda or what they think or know. They desire to have an ongoing relational partnership with Father, seeking his fresh new truth and functioning in them as he directs and reveals. We may not always know specifically what each of the English words are when we or others are speaking in tongues or diversity of tongues, but through our intimacy and obedience and love that we have for God and he has for us, he shows us and reveals to us what he is saying through interpretive understanding. We have seen this time and time again during times of intercession whether it's for First Saturday Prayer or whether it's for Prophetic Presbytery, <clears throat> and whether it's for an individual, whether it's for a corporation, nations, anything that he wants, where he wants to release or reveal something, um, we, can, we have either written or spoke forth what he wants to be released with our English words. What he shows us has all individually always confirms and expands upon each other. There's um, no conflict. There's never confusion. There's no contradiction. But a building upon with additional understanding of, of revelation and of truth that he wants to bring to light. The interpretation we receive comes from our pursuit of his heart and desires. We then speak or explain them as his messengers of his mysteries. There will always be agreement in what God reveals for his church and for his kingdom. In verses 10 and 11, verse says, um, in verse 10 tells us that there are many different voices in the world. We should not ignore the voices around us, but we must hear and regard them with spiritual discernment. We have to know and understand the voice of God is all that really matters. That is where and when his dunamis is applied. Our actions, 
and what we speak forth must be at the command of God. It is then that the correct application of his truth and the applied and properly functioning understanding of our mind will be properly explained. That's a mouthful. (laughs) We must know him and his word, or we are as a barbarian. Someone who is wandering aimlessly, having no fixed placement, one without proper judgment, and the power to properly affect others. Barbarians are those who are self-serving and unskilled in the ways of their godly purpose. They will never experience lasting fulfillment. They will always be searching for something without knowing what it is that that something will satisfy the void in their life. This makes my heart so sad, and we see so much of it nowadays. Um, People unsettled, always searching, but never finding peace. There was something I just read that God gave me a thought. So, and that's what it was, so that, God says you have to have that proper judgment because even though, oh, affecting others, that's what it was. Even though other people can affect other people, if it's not that proper affecting from God, then it's useless. Go ahead. Well, and it gets back to what, you know, what you just read. None of these voices are without influence. Right. You said, you said we've got to discern and what we're discerning is you've got to know what the, the function, right. how that voice is functioning. And once you know how the voice is functioning, well, then you can determine whether it should have influence, whether right. you should partner with it, or whether you should not. Oh, right. Exactly. Our placement is to stand where he says to stand and to hear the directive of each assignment and go forward committed committed to his purpose for us during our life. We are committed to allowing the Lord to thoroughly complete, repair, and adjust us in any way. Just as he has prepared the way for us, we prepare the way for his return. In verse 13, understanding and interpreting what is occurring in the spirit realm is the result of our intercessory prayer and dedication to perseverance of his thoughts and ways. God wants us to be able to know, have the understanding and wisdom to perceive what his breath is communicating to and for us in his timing. Intimate commune and worship of and with him is crucial for our being able to interpret or explain thoroughly what and when he wants. We must let go, clear our minds and of our thoughts and be open to the mind of Christ, not only during designated times of prayer, but always. So this word, noose, in those in 14, I think it's 14 and 15, um, talks about intellect and implication, meaning the mind, the understanding. And it is the ability to think logically and understand, object, understand objectively, especially regarding abstract or relevant matters, and our ability to gain the meaning of something. So it goes back to our intellect. So 14 says, For I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, spirit prayeth but my understanding is unfruitful. 
What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will pray, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Our prayer time in tongues must be one where we are operating and partnering with God's spirit. It would be, it would be too easy for me sometimes to slip into praying in tongues through my soulish man instead of together with God's spirit. Mindlessly or thinking of other things while I am aimlessly praying in tongues is a waste of time. The focus of our prosuke prayer must be in tandem with Holy Spirit. We must be in prayer together with him. Just like riding a tandem bike, the two people have to work together. Our ability to understand noose what God wants us to know will be fruitful when we pray with Holy Spirit. Why, you may ask? Everybody just asks why. <laughs> why? <laughs> because we will have emptied our minds of everything else <laughs> and we will have put our plans on hold and will have engaged with Holy Spirit. Then, it's then that our mind comes into alignment with his spirit, which makes a way for us to understand his purpose. We may or may not receive the interpretation at that moment, or he may reveal a portion of it to us. We have come to realize that God is a creative builder. Each process of the development of the build is in his timetable, not ours. Even if understanding is not immediate, we will, have, we will have been successful in our assignment of faith, hearing and obeying from his right hand. So, anybody want to add anything? Go ahead, Beth. Yeah, I just, uh, this is just so, so, so relevant for right now where God has us and is trying to promote us to. And, um, you know, when you're talking about the mind and, and keeping it subdued, subject it to the spirit and I know we've taught this and yet it seems like right now we're having to live it in a way that is is uniquely challenging for where he wants to take us right and uh, I mean I can I can identify with everything you're saying you know as far as um, really having to press in and sometimes even then you know your soul ways take over and you're like ah you know right. stop um, but all of that goes back to that whole point of of prophecy, of having to die to yourself. It's just a continual thing, in order in order to partner with, you know, the where God where He's moving right now, how right. He's moving, and it's only through that interpretation that it opens up the vision uh, to the power of and the possibilities of where He wants to move, so that we can go with Him. Right. So right. yeah, this is right on right but what he was also showing me because i just like you you know i'll go or get get back on track he doesn't want that either you know it has to be that that normal natural where this is where we are and this is it and nothing else is interfering so <laughs> daunting yet cool <laughs> Okay, so our next um, word is dianeo, and it's imagination, mind, understanding. And 
it comes from the word dia and nous, which is deep thought, proper, properly the faculty of your mind. God gave us our minds to be able to rationally reason and understand. It is where we intellectually receive and process information. Because we have had all different lives and experiences, we view things in different ways based on the circumstances or what's going on. And that's, that's more, all the more reason why we really need to take that stand and not go from our past experiences. And I know they're going to play into it. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes our experiences are uh, very helpful in what's going on. So noose refers to our intellect, the ability to think logically, understand objections, objectively, which I've said before, especially regarding abstract or relevant matters. So the next, I'm just going to go through the next three. We're very familiar with these scriptures, so I'm just going to go through them and then I'm going to talk. <clears throat> Matthew 22, 35 through 38. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and this is the first, this is the first and great commandment. Mark 12, 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And Luke 10, 27 through 28. And he and he, answering, said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, that thy and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right to this do, and thou shalt live. So I, I looked up the words to make sure that there wasn't anything different about them. And um, so... We know the word love is agapao, and love embodies every part of the heart of God and requires every part of our senses and capabilities. Heart is cardia, and it's the thoughts and feelings. What is taking place in the heart of a person when those things in our heart are pure, those words that come from our mouth will be those ones submitted to the heart of God. Soul is fusque, and it comes from fusco, which is breath. When our soul is healthy and in correct alignment, our breath melds with the breath of God, and there is life abundant. We will fluently and naturally move in response to Holy Spirit. Mind is, that, is the word diaeha, and it's to think logically, to understand, to receive and process information and gain meaning. And then strength, we're familiar with this iskus. And this refers to the strength given to us so we can strive to accomplish and be victorious on behalf of Heavenly Father and his ways in whatever terio he places us. It also speaks about being assisted by the angelic in overcoming the enemy to conquer and restore places in his kingdom. So I guess I just never really looked at these scriptures in this type of a light before. I mean, if, if we're doing this, 
everything else is going to fall naturally in. You know, it's just going to flow to where we need to be and what we're doing. And I guess that's why it's the first commandment, huh? <laughs> so, I don't know, I just, I just kind of felt like this is really, with my whole heart and my whole being, I want to, this is what I want to do. I want to love him in that way. I want my mind to be that way. I want everything to be the way that, that he wants it to be. So then the outcome of what we carry out and bring about in God's timing is through our partnership with the King of Glory, and it will successfully be fulfilling his vision and agenda for his kingdom. Anybody want to add anything? Okay, so we're going to move on to uh, Luke 24, 44 through 45. And he said unto them, These are the words which, words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, and all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their eyes that he might understand the scriptures. Vicki, would you look up the scriptures before? Because it talks here, it also talks about the breaking of bread. But I think there was, like the other, that there was more. Okay, go ahead. So which ones do you want? So I think it was um, before 44 where it was, ta was talking about Jesus blessing, breaking the bread. I don't remember exactly what it said. For the apostles. Uh, he, whoops, he gave them, <clears throat> it says a piece of broiled fish and honeycomb and he took it and did eat before them. Maybe it was... Because he was showing them his hands and his feet. Right. Maybe I, maybe I'm not thinking correctly. More than you believed. He's talking about. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, here, the the first word understanding is the word noose, but the word understand, I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. It su su yes I am sue nemi, <laughs> and. Um, it talks about to send, to put together, to comprehend, to be wise. So this is very similar to the previous verses, previous verses regarding the two men. Jesus is eating, talking to them about the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms concerning himself. And then the eyes of the apostles were also opened. They all had knowledge of what was going to happen. They had all had knowledge about all this that was going to happen, but as with the two men, this was pretty, it seems like the same thing happened to the apostles, that until they were eating, that they didn't, that, that fulfillment came through a second time for them as well. So, I know that with us, our fulfillment is always ongoing as well. And that we are continually in that mind, we need to be continually in that mindset of wanting to ask Holy Spirit to show us, to illuminate our understanding. And that we would always progress and be wise and comprehend what God is showing us. And like I said before, he's not always going to reveal everything at one time. 
but he'll reveal it as we need it and in his timing. Go ahead, Vicki. Yeah, it just made me think about when I was reading the definition uh, in my Bible program here, when he, he opened their understanding so that now they really can start connecting the dots in their minds. Yeah. You know, it's not like their spirits knew it, but they weren't recognizing it because their minds were kind of blocking that. Yeah. Hmm. I guess we've had that happen to us too. <laughs> Our minds can definitely, we know that's a, a, the biggest battleground. It can definitely be the detriment their hindrance, I should say, right. to our spirits. You know, mm -hmm. that's why the spirits have to take control, have right. to take precedence exactly. over. Yeah. Okay. So power fulfillment. So these scriptures has the the one word understanding in it, but I just pretty much thought it was a pretty cool scripture to end with. <laughs> and so Ephesians one, eighteen through twenty three. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above, our far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named is only in this world, but also in which is to come and hath put all things under his feet and gave to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. We have that promise. You know, he's going to fill us. Well, as we pursue him, he's going to fill us. And we embrace every new and fresh understanding as we seek to succeed in all things through him, our commune of study, and through his holy word. We commit to living wisely at his right hand, patiently waiting for the interpreted understanding and direction. We cherish those times spent with the most high and powerful God where he empowers us with everything we need to go forth victoriously to fulfill every directive. Amen. I just, I like this word you found with the, how you say it, dianoia or however it's pronounced, uh, because it's really talk, you know, it, it, when you look at it as, I mean, you said a deeper way, that's the way our minds should think in an ever deepening way. Always deepening, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we know they're definitely deeper than what they were before we were in this calling, but that's not a stopping point either. I mean, it's right. a, he's got depths that we are not even yet, we can't even imagine. Right. And, and that's so cool that, I mean, this is just something we should probably speak over ourselves all the time, you know, that the eyes of that depth would be continually illumined so that we are going deeper and deeper. Right. Right. And, and so our mind automatically, that's the only way it thinks, mm -hmm. like you were saying in prayer. Yeah. Like there isn't an alternative to anything else. Right. This is just the way we think. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, everybody.